0: The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. When my kids were little, my wife Jen would sometimes let them help her cook, and she would say, ask a question to them, hey, can you help me cook something? And as I heard that question asked when my kids were, were, were little, all of a sudden I could see their little, their brains, you know, start to click and their eyes light up. And they would, because I can read their minds, right, when they're that little. Hmm, if I help mom cook, I get some benefits out of this deal, right? I get to lick the batter. When it's baking especially, you know, I get first snips of what, what comes out of the oven. That's some awesome stuff. Yeah, I think I'll help mom cook. And when they were real little, take a look at some of these pictures, of course, it wasn't really like they were helping mom at all. You know, it was more like they're making a mess in the kitchen. and I'm the one that cleans the floors. But also, as they're cooking, I'm the worrier in the family. So I freak out a little bit. They're going to get salmonella poisoning. I know it's a small risk, but it's still a risk, right? They're dumping, they're measuring, they're, they're mixing and all this stuff and just getting everything everywhere. And really, I knew they didn't at the time. That was mom was doing the real hard work. I mean, she was making sure all the ingredients were there. She was making sure that all the measurements were correct. She was following the cooking instructions, and all they cared about was licking the batter off the spatula. And then when mom turned around, you know, maybe even having a couple more licks of that, it was awesome to see. And then as the the whatever was in the oven, you know, you could just see the anticipation. In them as they smelled all these warm, especially my downfall, warm chocolate chip cookies. Am I making you hungry? There's a spiritual point to this, I promise. But for the next two weeks, we're going to have a little mini sermon series about the mission activities that where we go uh, at faith. And we've been going for, for many, many years, and, and not just in our own communities, but really to the ends of the earth. And you're going to have an opportunity after the service to find out a little bit more this weekend next about where we do go. But here's, here's the point uh, to that little story in the beginning. God actually wants our help. Not in the kitchen, but in what Jesus is going to describe, as we're going to read in a few minutes, a harvest field. God wants our help in the harvest field. Jesus says this, and we have some work to do. But in the end, as my kids get older and wiser, I haven't even asked them this yet, but as they get older and wiser, they begin to realize, well, we weren't really helping mom at all. I mean, she was really the one doing the work. In the same way, as we become more spiritually mature, we begin to understand, we could just play a role in what God is already doing. Because God's the one creating all these circumstances in people's life to draw them to himself, those that don't know him. And really we get the chance to help, to participate, to be a part of what God is doing. And sometimes there are benefits and rewards to that. At the same time, there's also an opportunity to get a little messy. Right? If, are you with me? Open up your Bibles then to Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, it's on page 1,611, and we're going to really just, I think many of you have maybe read this scripture before, maybe know uh, some of the highlights to this in in Luke chapter 10, Uh, but you're going to hear the words of a well-known phrase, the harvest is what? Plentiful, but the workers are? The harvest is what? But the workers are? You see, God invites all of us to go, to be involved in the spiritual harvesting. That's what we're gonna see, but he also tells us in one of the last verses that we read that there's really a reward too for us better than licking the batter from the bowl. and we'll listen to that, but first we're gonna begin in verse one of Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72, and just by the way, in some manuscripts, it's actually 70, 72, 70 others, 72 others, and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, The kingdom of God is near. Skip to verse 16. He who listens to you then listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the Spirit submits you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I'm going to stop there and talk about two principles that I found in this section, this portion of Scripture. The first is this, that God asks us to go. He has to go into his harvest field. and Later on in the service, in the sermon, you're going to hear the places that faith goes to. But then secondly, God tells us to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. And I'll add, not just our names, but by actually going and participating with God, that other names in heaven will be written too. And what a joy that's going to be. So first, the go. In my Bible, it's go with an exclamation point. How about yours? Go! Go into the harvest field, found in verse 3. And I'm guessing in this motor city that we live in, there's not many farmers out there. I don't know, maybe. But most of us, I think, can logically see where Jesus is creating this word picture, isn't he? Imagining that a farmer who does a whole lot of work, I'm going to throw out some planting terms that I don't even know what I'm talking about. Planting seeds, watering, pulling weeds, protecting the crop, fertilizing, cultivating, all that stuff, you know? And then it's time for the harvest to to, to be... gathered, right? And he realizes this is an abundant crop. I'm gonna need more workers. And can you imagine the urgency that the farmer has then? I gotta get more workers because the the harvest is indeed ripe and I can just see that as a picture that Jesus is trying to describe to the people that God's the one preparing hearts. God's the one whispering truth and listening and arranging circumstances so that people would come to know him. And we get to participate in that. Just like mom's little helpers in a kitchen, we understand it's God's work to be done. So, a couple things about his instructions then as we read this. Those instructions as he sends them out, he emphasizes a couple things. First, the urgency. It is really urgent because Jesus can come back at any moment. Yes? Any moment he could physically return to earth and and wouldn't that be awesome? Yes, it would for those who believe in him. Right? But for those that we know in our hearts that don't, Mm. but it's urgency. Jesus says he describes it in words. He says, Don't take a purse or sandals, don't greet anyone on the road, because in their culture, they'd greet everybody. They talk all day, right? But don't greet anyone. No time to loll again, no time to think about what you're gonna pack. Just get going, Jesus says. Get going. And you think about when he's saying this, this is probably his third time to Jerusalem, his last time to Jerusalem. And when he gets there, he's going to go on a cross to die first. The world sins. So he thinks about that and he said, You know what? I need workers, send them out, get involved, follow. I'm going to tell you where to go, and you go. Tell them the good news. And here's the truth that when believers, followers of Jesus, come together with unbelievers, Verse 9 and verse 11, the truth of that come true. The kingdom of God has come near to them. When you go out as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, the kingdom of God comes near to a person that doesn't know him. It's urgent. Secondly, Jesus' instructions emphasize really that we need to trust God. God wants our trust to grow in him. And so he, he gives us like three ways that happens in this scripture first it's in hard situations ones that might be even dangerous when you hear these words can you imagine the first followers of jesus when they heard i'm sending you out like little lambs among what oh thanks jesus that's good to know what do wolves want to do eat you right and think about the christian faith and, and how it has grown through persecution, hasn't it? I mean, was there any time in the history of the Christian church where we weren't persecuted? And maybe you experienced that in your workplace, in your schools, in your communities, that hostility, Jesus knows. In fact, in John chapter 15, he says to his followers, you know what, they hate you because they hate me. Expect that. And yet Jesus is saying, go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. That's a scary thought. But behind all this, he knows that we understand he's the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? He leads us. He protects us. He guides. He provides. And that's what Jesus does as we go. He is with us, even in hard situations. Second way that God wants our trust to grow is really by being in need that we would grow even more to trust him when we're in need. So he's telling his followers, don't bring a purse. Don't pack a bag. Let people provide for you. Be dependent on me. He wants their trust to grow. So the one who's sending is also saying, I'm going to provide. And can you see them going out in pairs, being more and more emboldened after they see miracle after miracle and healing and driving out demons, and then they're starting to be bold and starting to say, yeah, I can do this. Their confidence grows see, another way that God allows our trust to grow in him, not just in hard situations, just not being in physical need, but really trusting that his message of peace would work because that's what he gave his followers to do. Go and say peace to this house. And can you imagine as they go, God, where am I going to go? What house should I go to? Well, it's kind of like a missionary. You know, when I was a missionary among Bosnian Muslims in St. Louis, I'm like, I had no idea. From day to day, Lord, where are you sending me? What am I going to do it 's like when you take a mission trip too you 're ready you 're prepared as much as you can, and then watch out when you get there. Not trying to scare you, go after the service and listen to what Dave Frank has to tell you and others that take mission trips, but really, it is that trust god you 're going to do the work. I get to participate, and what am I going to say? Peace to this house and if, if the peace doesn't if someone in there doesn 't promote peace as it says your peace. Won't rest on them. What's Jesus trying to say here? In other words, he's saying, you know what? Try out a spiritual conversation. Test the waters. See where they are spiritually. If they reject you, okay. They're not rejecting you. Who are they rejecting? Jesus. And ultimately, God who sends us. Verse 16, whoever listens to you, though, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. We're just little helpers in the kitchen, right? Right? We're his messenger. It's really between that person and God. So could you imagine the 72 that are going, that are being involved in these conversations wherever they are, and they see all these things happening, and they, they begin to realize, wow, the kingdom of God is new. Jesus is the Messiah. He forgives my sin and, and their sin. And, it, and the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So here's the thing, and I love to say this, brothers and sisters in Christ, because that's what we are. When you follow Jesus and I follow Jesus, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. This command to go is not just for the first followers. This command to trust is not just for them. Who's it for as well? Who's it for? It's for us. The same words of urgency, the same words of trust. And I don't know if you've experienced this like I have. When I hear a message like this, you know, all right, Pastor Tony's preaching a mission message. Well, let's go, let's go, you know, and I'm in those seats, too. When I hear a mission message, I'm going, yes, let's go. And then, you know, life happens, right? And then this statement kind of cuts to the heart. I start to cringe. Because I know the times when I've been silent, when I should have said something. I know the times when I didn't trust God, when, you know what, I just don't think it's the right time to go, God. Yeah, I've asked my, I asked my, my buddy once to come to a event, he didn't show up to church, so you know what, I just, I've done my job, Check that off. Ever feel that way? Ever think that way? If your mission pastor thinks that way, I'm thinking you do too sometimes, okay? But here's the good news. When I come to church week in and week out, I hear the good news of the gospel. I hear that God's kingdom has come to me, that God's kingdom has come to my family, that the peace of Christ is on me, that Jesus was sent for exactly the times when I was silent. He was sent for exactly the times when I didn't show urgency. He died on the cross for all my sins, even when I disobeyed God's command to go. And so because of that, I hear these words not as a you-must-have-to thing, but I hear it as a get-to thing. That God wants us to do this, and along the way, you're going to be blessed by doing, and I love that. And I hope that you would listen to that the same way that I do, because God's peace and forgiveness has come to you. Amen? So we go with that mindset. We go to so many different places, and we ask God, would you bless my conversations in my family, in my workplace, in the communities, but also to the ends of the earth. So after the service, every one of you are going to have the opportunity to go to the gym, and I would love for you to just stop by because it doesn't commit you to anything. But I want you to hear, the at least in 2020, the seven or eight places that we're going to go. I think it's seven, but places like Acuna in Juarez, Mexico. Acuna's for a family mission trip. Juarez for a men's mission trip. Some men just came back from building, what did we do? Building a three-room house, working in partnership with Casas Por Cristo, Houses for Christ. They pick and identify people that are truly in need, that they can share God's love with them and the gospel. And we build homes. It's amazing. We go to places like the Dominican Republic where college kids from from our church, college-age kids build the same thing. We go to places like Alderson, West Virginia, where we work with Pastor Lohmeyer and a Lutheran church down there, and high school students get to go. They repair roofs. They, they, they build ramps for di- people with disabilities and wheelchairs and porches. We go to one of the poorest areas of Brazil, Porto Alegre in the favelas, where a missionary pastor and family have, have helped to run three schools, three Lutheran schools from the context of those schools, they share the gospel, and from that, churches are formed. And we get to participate, doing all kinds of vacation Bible stool stuff and helping with food. And as Pastor Joe told you last week, I was going to lead a mission team to Haiti in December, where we do with Dr. Robert our a dentist from our congregation, a couple more dentists were going to meet us. I was actually going to be with my, my son, Brandon, who is at Faith Oakville, Missouri. He was going to take some dental hygienists and some soccer players. We were going to meet in December, but working with mission and ministry, we, they told us, you know what, it is really not the time to go. It's not safe. Because I don't know if you realize this, we've supported Haiti throughout these years, 19, I think, When hurricanes come, we're the first to give to our Lutheran churches there. But this is worse than a hurricane. Why? Because a hurricane just impacts some part of the country, right? But what's going on there, this political unrest, the people that are rising up, it's $17 a gallon to buy gas. The Port-au-Prince is like deadlocked. I heard their U.S. Marines were coming in to help right now. That's the chaos that's going on, and and that's where we land. And so it's not safe, but we pray that in the future, it would open up that we would go back to Haiti. But here's also another thing. We support missionaries that go where we can't. Places like Bangladesh, where 95% of the people are Muslim, the rest Hindu, and just a small percentage, 1% to 2% are Christian. There's a guy from our congregation. His name is Pastor Elio Borgi. And he helps by the income that he makes at a job in the United States. He sends almost all of what he has. I mean, he lives in Hamtramck in a little apartment. He sends all of what he has to help the 3,000 Christians that are in his area and around Bangladesh and the five pastors to help share the good news. We support missionaries, and I want to show you this list, and I hope that you're amazed, as I'm amazed. We support missionaries like Patty Jocks for Gifts for All God's Children. He gives us countless opportunities to provide urban city mission experiences, tutoring, Valentine's parties, all kinds of things like that. A member of our congregation, former member Todd Harris for Inner Varsity, who goes to the college campuses in Pennsylvania. Ellie's House, our own Deb Ellinger, who supports women that run away from trafficking. Casas Por Christos, I mentioned, Larry Patton from Hurtling Handicaps, who works with people with disabilities to raise up that need. Trinity Community Care, where members of our congregation support and give dental and medical attention to those that don't have uh, insurance around the, the Utica area. The Luke Project 5-2 clinic, I told you about Pastor Brad Harrison, so did Pastor Joe where they have this prenatal and, 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 and infant mobile uh, mobile trailer that just goes around to the, the poorest neighborhoods of the city. House of Hope, where we're partnering with sending gifts to this this year, and our own Tim Morton, who is the area director of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, who gets involved in the schools to the coaches and the athletes and use the power of sports to share the good news of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? All the people that we support in the places we go, you're going to have an opportunity after the service to know that at least this year, that that 1995 that you've given or will give this week or next week goes to Ellie's house, goes to the Luke Project Five Two, and goes to mission and ministry in Haiti. And we're going to just divide it three ways, and the Lord will work, not by just us going to these different places, but really in prayer and support. We have the opportunity to rejoice with them and what God's going to do. And by the way, uh, if you're one that uh, doesn't, you know, maybe. Give when the ties go around in terms of um, um, what am I trying to say? There's this thing called a church center app. Okay, have you heard of it? Who has? It's a really good thing. Ask somebody 30 or younger maybe, I don't know, but uh, they have it on their phone, and it's just easy. Just push a button on that phone, I tell you what, and and you're able to to designate that funding for that. So if Pastor Joe, I know you'll be around after, he'll help you. He has already made that announcement. Other people on staff will be able to show you if you don't have that. One particular place that we go, just want to conclude with this, is uh, the UP, the Upper Peninsula. We've been going for a couple years now. You know that beautiful place where we go in the summer? right? Uh, But I understand that the people below the bridge were called trolls. Did you know that? I didn't know that until I made my first trip up there. And then uh, here's what happened. How many of you know about Sawyer Air Force Base? In the 1990s, when it closed, it made really uh, an abundance, an economic hole in the town, an abundance of low-income homes. And literally, when I first went to my first visit up, up to the UP, going into Gwynn, Michigan, to that Air Force base, here's what I saw. I saw this. Yep. I'm like, wow, really? And it reminded me how that captures some of the lives and stories of the people that we're ministering to because they are stuck, and they can't get themselves out of The situation that they're in. And then when we or somebody tries to help the church there, guess what? You get sometimes sprayed and messy. But at the same time, they go. The church up there, Victory Lutheran Church, continues to minister to children because there are people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol and all kinds of harmful behaviors happen. At the same time, they're loving on kids We're going to go in the summer of 2020. My wife and I my family are going to lead a mission trip there. And really, it's been near and dear to my heart that we have family mission trips in this place. Because what happens when you go with your kids is something amazing. As a missionary pastor, I've experienced that as they were growing up. And I want you to see this family story from our church. Take a look. So I really feel called at some point in my life to do a mission trip. That is a passion of mine and with young kids it's like well someday the opportunity will arise. I actually remember like looking in the bulletin and I saw this family mission trip. I was like, hey mom, like Drew's the perfect age for this. We should do this. Um, I mean I didn't really know what it meant. So then like I asked my dad and like we explained it that we're gonna go and like just have fun with kids. So then I got pretty excited. At first, I was just like, I don't know about this. The whole family going into a different area—it's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Kind of a planner too, and so I remember thinking, "Well, what are we gonna do? What's our agenda?" And and uh, Jen Bose, you know, the Bose family was real the spearhead with this, and she's like, "We're just gonna go love people." So sometimes I'll think like, "Oh yeah, we're, we're like we're grateful, like we have a lot of stuff," but like until you really go someplace like that and like see what life is like and like see. The things that are there and like the privileges that we have, I don't think you really realize it as much. People, they always wish for more. You wish for a bigger house. Teenagers wish for popularity. You wish for a better phone. You wish for so much stuff, but that's only your wants. You just wish for your wants because you already have all your needs. Those kids, they wish for their needs. They don't even have all their wants. They just wish for a meal that day. They wish for a hug from someone. Because that's what they need. Something. They just need a hug and then to see your kids running around with them and they would integrate those kids into like you know the groups or the different like oh this boy was over there by himself so drew would go over and like hey you know let's go play this together and the kids reaching out it was it was super awe-inspiring when you go at school there's a kid but then you have your friends and there's those other kids like you don't know them and you don't really know what they like to do but then, once I got up there, I didn't know them, and I just started playing with them. It was super awe-inspiring for me as a dad to see our children doing that. To come back and see your kids. Have the ability to look at other people, have empathy for them, and share the love of Jesus through how they love. That's everything. Just their stories really helped my faith to grow. Like. You yourself like learning things about yourself and like learning how to be a better person and be more empathetic for me and I feel like for everyone else it's a lot about the kids there and helping them but it's also about us getting closer to God and us hanging out with people from our church and getting closer to other families that go to this church. Some of the struggles of a bigger church, you go to church, it's easy to get lost in the back row, and just feel like you're not really connected and plugged in. You do something like this, you spend four days with these people and and that's where real relationships happen. It, It fills your faith bucket, it makes your faith stronger to go out and make other disciples because you have this new confidence that you didn't realize you had before. I, I don't have that skill set. I don't know how to do that. It doesn't matter. God's got this. We just need to go, be present, be there. And we'll do the rest. Couldn't say it any better. We just need to go. God's got this. Really. It's amazing to see how God blesses a family as they go. And it's amazing to see our church as we prayerfully and financially support God's kingdom growing to the ends of the earth. So don't forget, after the service, would you go to the gym? You can find out more. It doesn't obligate you for anything. You can take an informational sheet. Think about where God has maybe calling you to go, not just in our own communities, but taking a trip with us. Because what it does, it really connects us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So I've talked about that first principle for a little bit about God's ask in this, in this uh, scripture to go, but that second part really is that God tells us to rejoice, to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. Did you notice that in verse 20? God tells us that's, that's really the award, the assurance that we're going to get. it better than licking the batter off the bowl, right? We're involved in God's harvest field and his rewards. Those 72 that go out Jesus says, don't rejoice that all these miracles and all these things happen, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Wow. Think about that because I lean hard on this truth. I want you to see just this little scripture verse from a little book letter from uh, Paul to Philemon. It's in verse 6 of that one chapter letter. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. You. Be active in Why, God? Why would you want us to do that? So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. You see, when I start to speak the words to somebody that doesn't know Jesus, it becomes more true to me. I get emboldened. I get ready to say, yeah, this is what I have. I have the forgiveness of my sins. I have life in heaven for eternity, even if I were to die today. Isn't that good news? And that's what we get to share with our actions, with our words. It is awesome that we get to rejoice that our names are in heaven, but then even more so, we rejoice that not only our names are written in heaven, but we rejoice that as we witness God's harvest, he adds more souls to the kingdom. And that's really it. We rejoice. We rejoice even those times when, when we go to people who are, are racked by guilt, who are addicted uh, in all kinds of ways, and we get to say the kingdom of God has come near you. We rejoice in that. I rejoice every time I hear these offerings. You know, we've collected this amount, and I know it's going to somewhere good. It's an amazing experience that we get to do together. You know, when my kids, when they were baking those cookies with, with, uh, with Jen, I know they got to see that reward come out, you know, and then they even told me, dad, taste what I made, right? Warm chocolate chip cookies. You Getting hungry now? There's some good stuff, by the way, in the gym, too, that you can munch on while, while you listen to Dave and others uh, uh, do this. Here, here's what I want to do, okay? So if you have ever gone on a mission trip uh, with faith, would you please stand up? If you've ever gone to any one of these places, in the city as well, but anywhere, praise God. That's awesome. If you have ever prayed specifically for a missionary, the ones that we support or the ones that went, if you prayed specifically, would you stand up? Probably all of you because we pray in church too. So you know what? And guess what? If you've given financially in this place, guess what? We support all of them. So everybody stands up. Isn't that awesome? The privilege that we get to be a part of God's harvest. The workers really are needed. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are what? Few. And therefore God says, let's pray. Pray for more workers. So let's do that just now. Lord, you've indeed told us that truth. And you want us to pray. Pray for more workers. So Lord, if if you touch our hearts as we go, it might not have to be overseas. It might have to be somewhere like Virginia or the UP. It just could be right down the street next door. It could be even in our own family. But the most important thing, Lord, is we know that you would want us to go. So open our hearts, open our ears to where you're leading us so that we might follow you. Thank you, Jesus, that you've told us already you're the good shepherd. You're gonna protect, you're gonna guide, you're gonna lead us where you want us to be. So help us to be ready, to be ready and rejoice too that our names are written in the book of life before we've been born. And so that we could share that good news with somebody who needs to hear. Thank you, Jesus, and all God's people say, amen. Let's sing.